0: Good morning. It's good to see you uh, this morning, and welcome to Oasis. We're going to look um, this morning at the theme. Final, finally, um, this morning on um, building for tomorrow today. Final message on a series that we've been looking at <coughs> on you know, on this theme. Um, going to. If you have your Bibles handy or you've got it on an iPad or an iPhone or whatever it is, whatever phone or whatever, uh, we're going to be looking at Nehemiah, the, the, the book of Nehemiah and looking at chapters 1, 2, 3 and 4. We're not going to read chapters 1, chapters 2, chapters 3 and 4 but, uh, verbatim per se, per se, but we're going to go back and forward. So you can just listen if you don't have anything with you this morning, uh, that, that's fine as well. Um, that, that would be okay. So... Um, Yeah, so our our, our title for this morning is the title of the theme over the last few weeks, Building for Tomorrow Today. As a church, we're looking to build for the future, and we do that today. You know, uh, the kingdom of God is about stepping out in faith today, as well as the effect that it has on the future. You know, as Christians, we don't just wait for the future. I'm not just looking forward. I am looking forward to heaven. I am looking forward to spending eternity uh, in the God's presence, but, but a future state, but I'm also looking and stepping into what God has for me today and enjoying, I want to enjoy the, 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 the taste and see that the Lord is good today. So there's an aspect of what we do today has a profound effect for our tomorrow and it's on that that I want to talk about <clears throat> just for a few moments this morning. So... Um, couple of things. So in Nehemiah chapter 1, so I want to look at four, four points. I'm going to write, bring four things from four chapters that help us look at building today for tomorrow. It's not a definitive list, but it gives us a rough guide to something that I feel sort of laid upon our hearts at the moment. And, and the first thing is this. In Nehemiah chapter 1, we read in, in Nehemiah um, chapter 1, verse 5, we're encouraged to look to God in anything that we undertake in our Christian lives, anything that we seek to do, uh, we don't just look at the project. We don't just look at ourselves. We don't just look ahead. It's great to have a vision. That's not wrong. But we're encouraged to look to God. And uh, this is so true of uh, Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah was a, a cupbearer for the, um, the the king of the Medes and Persians. And um, in, he, he had word of the terrible state of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was in ruins and a group of exiles had, uh, had gone back to Jerusalem, but it was still in ruins. The walls were in ruins. And with that, he began to pray. He had a great vision. He wanted to see Jerusalem restored. He had a big restoration project on the go. There was no English heritage at that point in time to call upon any heritage money, no lottery fund or whatever fund people looked towards. But so he turned to God. And so we read in uh, chapter 1, verse 5, um, these words. It says that near when he heard of the terrible state of Jerusalem, it said in chapter one, verse five. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant of love with those who love Him and keep His commandments, let Your ear be attentive and Your eyes open to hear the prayer Your servant is praying before You day and night. <clears throat> he uses a phrase there: um, Lord, the great and Almighty. <clears throat> Do you notice that? He uses the phrase, Lord, the great and almighty. And um, it's, it's great. Nehemiah was a man motivated by a mission, a vision, but he was moved by God. You may be motivated by a mission. We may have a mission in life, but we're moved by God. It, it's one thing. And we do need a vision, and I absolutely understand. In life, you need a purpose, Each one of us needs a mission, we need a purpose, we need to see our way ahead, but we're moved by the hand of God. And and having a mission is one great thing, but we're to always realise, always realise, but I'm moved by the hand of God. God is my energy, my sustainer, my strength. That's why over the last couple of weeks, I had one or two people say to me, when are you going to actually start to talk about buildings and plans? But the last couple of weeks under this theme, we we looked first week at uh, how big is your God? I asked the question about myself and ourselves. How big is our God? He's a great, and we, we looked at this idea of God is a great God, a big God. Uh, and then the second week, um, uh, people are saying to me, when are you going to start talking about building some plans? The second week, we looked at gazing on God, when we see how big God is. And, and, and so this morning, it, it's, and so this is exactly what Nehemiah understood. God is big. He uses the phrase, Lord great and almighty. For Nehemiah, God was big. Great God. He had a big task. The task, the ask was great. To be released from being cupbearer of the king, who the king was like a god in his day, and had life and death in the power of his word. And to be released from his service would have been a massive miracle. And then to be released to go back home from his service, a double miracle, and to be released to go back home with finances and the king's approval approval, rather, was a treble, a miracle. And so there is this aspect in any mission, any plan for our lives, whether it's building fresh buildings in a church and facilities, or you're building your life, we're building our marriage, we're building our home, we're building our job, we're building our relationships, then we're to, even with our mission on life, understand that we are moved by God, to look, first of all, to God. And this is exactly what this man, Nehemiah, did, and it teaches us to this very day for our own lives. You know, every building has a point of reference. Um, In the old days, it'd be a cornerstone. Nowadays, cornerstones or capstones have the names of the people who uh, are the architect or have donated towards, uh, there's a decorative dimension. But there's this understanding of a reference point. Every building has a reference point from where it's built on and upon and from and referred back to to keep the building strong and in, in place and in line. And, you know, for you and I, in our life, our, our reference point is a God reference point. Otherwise, everything we build is on sinking sand. And I'm not saying that. Jesus said that. If less you build upon his word... And upon him, and and we do something about it, Jesus said, you're like building on rock. He's our reference point. The kingdom of God in our lives is our reference point. And so this is um, our desire. So, uh, you know, Andrew mentioned um, this morning when Bishop Sadir comes this Friday, our, our Friday fire meeting he, you know, he'll be at that. But, so we set once a month Friday prayer gathering called Friday Fire because we realize God is our reference point. We're reiterating again, reminding ourselves as a church that unless he moves, we cannot move. Moses and the people said, unless you move, God, we cannot move. We won't move unless you move. And so there's this aspect, so I encourage you, you know, once a month, Friday Fire, look out for those gatherings. They're looking to be in the move of God, looking to be <clears throat> our hearts in the move of God. So to look to God, so important in my life and your life and our life as a church because um, He's a big God. And no matter what the big task of life is, we can refer to a big God. When we gaze upon a big God, we're able to take the big task and whatever it is that we face in our lives. And so again and again, we will need to focus and come back to our reference point. You know, I don't know about you in your life, but in my life, there are times in my life, in family, and home, um, it, you have the ups and downs of life, the challenges of life, and you and I will face challenge. It's great to come back to my reference point. I refer to God again and again and again in my life, and it's brought me back so that I can build my life strong. And we've uh, gone great foundations and built our lives. So, you know, first of all, look to God. Second thing that we um, see, it's um, in chapter 2. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. If you, uh, it's There we see that the people put their hands into God's hands. Chapter 2. People put their hands into God's hands. And this is something really important in our lives and my life and your life. I look to God and there comes a point when I need to then put my hand in God's hands. Pastor Andrew this morning led us and said about opening up our hands to receive his grace and to give grace. And as he was praying this morning, so important. What Andrew said is so true that there comes a point when we look to God, but there will also come a point in your life and my life where he calls upon our hands. He comes to see you put your hand, my hand, in his hand. And this is exactly what happens in Nehemiah chapter 2. Look at this. (coughs) Nehemiah 2.18. What we see is that this guy, Nehemiah, shares a vision with the people. The the walls are in disrepair. But God has given me favour with the king and I've got a plan. And, uh, and so in, in chapter 2, verse 18, we read these words on the back of what I just said. I also told them, that's the people, about the gracious hand of my God on me, that's Nehemiah, and what the king had said to me. In other words, it released him to go and do the task. And they replied, This is the people, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Chapter 2, verse 18. Let me read it for you in the New King James version of that same verse. It reads like this So they replied, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. New King James, brilliant translation of this same verse. It carries the literal meaning of the translation. It says, Then they said, Let us rise up and build, the people said. Then they set their hands to this good work. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Miracles happen when we give God our hands. Do you need a miracle in your life? Then reach out to him right now. Uh, That's not a little ditty statement. Miracles happen when we put our hands in god 's hands. You see, when you put your hands in God 's hands, He places his palm. my hands are secure in his palm, as it were. He puts my hands into his hands. Um, you know God 's got big hands. So um, I'm sure that Matt would, you know, little Kobe would, uh, there's nothing like an infant reaching out to a parent's or any adult's hands. You know, an infant will reach out and grab your hand and and, and curl it around your little finger. And you see this tiny little hand. And uh, I remember being a uh, dad, me being a, I still am a daddy, but my, my children are much more grown up now. But when they were little, their little hand in my palm, it's amazing. It's a bit like that with God, the Father. My hand is a little infant, no matter how big and tough you might think you are, and how long you spend time at the gym, and how strong you are, your hand and my hand is like a little baby's hand. You know, my, my, I curl my, my hand, not, I can't even get around God's little pinky, God's little finger can hold the universe in place. It doesn't, I just can't understand that. But when we, like a baby, put my hand out to God, he has this... Well, I just can't describe the size of the hands of God. He forms the universe. His hands form the universe. He's got big hands. And so, when the task is big, if I can put my hands into God's hands, that's when miracles happen because His hands are so great. For your marriage, our home, our lives, our livelihood, when we talk about a building and a new building, we're going to have to put our hands into God's hands. The disciples said to the, 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 the man, you know, um, begging. At the gate, beautiful, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And I believe they reached out their hands. And the guy reached out his hand, and then he stood, and then he stood. And miracles happen when we give God our hands and put our hands into God's hands. You know, ordinary people can do extraordinary things when we give God our hands. Sometimes we'll wait, and and, and God is sovereign, and he can come and do a miracle and doesn't need me. I absolutely believe that. He doesn't need you and me, but he chooses to work through you and me. There's something amazing about this. Even from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, God didn't, when it was all perfect and everything was perfect, he formed Adam and Eve and said, enjoy the garden. God loves you and I. He loves people. So God doesn't work his purposes through programs, but through people. Throughout history, and even at the very beginning of creation, it's people, it's me and you. That's why he needs our hands. But he doesn't need our hands, because he's the creator of the universe. But he chooses to. It's amazing. That's grace. That's love. God is motivated by amazing, deep love that says, I want to share with my creation. The creator shares with me the creation. That's grace. That's love. That's mercy. Now, that is a great miracle in itself. Privilege, but also a responsibility for the church to rise. I say the church across the world. Where the church is rising, we will arise and put our hands in God's hands. That's where you see revival. That's where you see revival, when we rise and place our hands in God's hands. He's got great hands. He uses people and not necessarily programs. And so we see in, in uh, Nehemiah 2, the people rise up, place their hands as it were, and let their hands to the task He's gonna need us to do that too. Thirdly, um, everyone got involved. <clears throat> we see in Nehemiah chapter three, if you if you're not gonna read it now, but you turn to Nehemiah chapter three, you'll have a list of different people that got involved and did the the sheep gate or the dung gate or the water gate and this part of the wall and, and, and where they just lived and, and outside their house. They all Did a part of the wall, and everybody got involved in that list of people in chapter 3. It's amazing, Um, it's one of those ones you sometimes skip thinking when you're doing the daily reading, thinking, Oh, there's a long list of names that I can't pronounce. But it's quite amazing because in that list, there's goldsmiths, perfume makers, everyone from all walks of life, not just builders and decorators. (laughs) Is it all I can do? I can do that. Here, I'll do that. It wasn't just like that. Everybody got involved. And if you read Nehemiah 3, you'll see an amazing group of people that got involved in the in the building of um, the wall. And uh, it's a bit like the starfish uh, illustration or story that I shared a few weeks ago. And you, you probably know it well. You know, the man walking his dog along the beach. She sees in the distance lots of these starfish w- washed up on the beach. And a little boy is throwing starfish back into the water and he's thinking, you're never going to achieve anything doing all of that. How on earth, you, just that chucking that one, it's not going to make any difference. The little boy picks up a starfish, throws it back into the water and says, it's made a difference to that one. Now, can you imagine if not only one boy was doing that, but two, three, and another, and another, and 40 or 50, 60, 100, 100, throwing, all doing their part. You can achieve a lot when everyone does a bit and gets involved. We fall for the lie that says, oh, someone else, I can't do that. I can't do this. Let someone else do it. When everyone does their bit like they did on the wall, they achieved it. They achieved, they built that wall in record time eventually. It's amazing. And everyone got involved. You know, at the end of the day, as we look at uh, a building project for the life of our church, which I'll talk about in a moment or two, just a couple of minutes, um, it's going to be, this is your church is this, I say to everybody here, whether you're visiting for the first, this is your, we are church, this is your church. Church is what we make it together. I know, it's God's church, I know that, and it's Jesus' church. I absolutely agree with that. I, I, I know that you're absolutely right. But as, as far as, as owning the church, as it were, it's, this is your church. It's, it's not my church. Um, but if I meet other, other pastors, I never, I never refer to the church, my church. Uh, Not because I'm I'm not not proud of this being my church, but I'm very under the impression that it's God's church and the people's church, and I'm just purely a servant. Now, uh, that's just the way that I'm wired up. But it is. This is our church, and we'll make it what we want. And so any new building that we have will be yours for you, for your children. It will be used for youth. It will be used for children. It will be used for the community. We're going to give it also for use for the whole community. Um, You know, we'll use it for functions. We'll use it for breakout area. We'll use it for extra space. It'll be yours. Um, If there's any kingdom that we're building, it's God's kingdom. The kingdom is god 's kingdom. Any kingdom that we build is god 's kingdom. When, people, when we see the building finally go up, people will say, "What a great God, what a great church they won 't refer to any individual who 's done anything or made anything because it 's together it 's ours it 's yours, and it 's what you make, what we make of it together i don 't say that as a way of throwing it in people 's face. I say it as an encouragement to us all together. this is it's, it's, it's ours, and we can also invest and give to the community for them also. But um, it takes everyone to be involved. And so the people said, we will rise up and build. They gave their hands. God did a miracle, put his hands in their hands, and then they began to see the walls rising. Uh, final thing I'd say. <clears throat> at times, we will feel stretched, <clears throat> That's an understatement. At times in your life, in your family, marriage and home, building your life as a Christian, you will feel stretched. You will feel like giving up. You will feel like chucking in the towel. You will feel like, is this going anywhere? Will I ever get there? Or will I ever get there with, with applying for a job? Or will I ever get there in our, our marriage being just absolutely right? Or will we ever get there with, yeah, some people would say, with even a, 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 putting a new building in place when the church has talked about buildings for the last 20 years through different pastors. And we will be stretched. You will be stretched. Some of you are probably saying to me right now, you better believe it, we're being stretched in my own family life right now. We read in in, um, Nehemiah 4 verse 10, after the facing of opposition, um, because they began to do the work and things began to happen, and you would think, great, God's hand is on this group of people. They're starting to build the wall. Things are beginning to happen. And then um, some governors in the area opposed them, began to ridicule them, and uh, they felt stretched and became disillusioned. And um, in the face of opposition, the people said this. um, Meanwhile, the people of Judah said, this is chapter 4, verse 10. Meanwhile, the people of Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. You know, there are times in our lives where we feel stretched like that. And this is why God will need to be our reference. You know, when you when you when you look at how far you've come, you look at where God is and where you are in God. There are times in my life where I think it's like rubble. This is this isn't any good. This isn't going right. In church life we can feel like that. What was going great once can feel like rubble now. We need to and, and, and if we if we look at the rubble, if if we look at the rubble, if we look at what's going wrong, and I'm not saying, you know, we just be Mr. Pos- Mr. or Mrs. Positive all the time, but our reference has to be God again. That's so I said at the very beginning, we look to God. Our reference, come back to our reference point. Who we are in God, who we are as a church in God, what God can do, how great God is. God is a God of miracles. God can make something out of nothing. When the earth was nothing, God can do something. And, and it brings us back into that heart and place. Now, this is what Nehemiah did. He got them to continue to pray. He put people on a watch and they set their hearts to the task even more so. But we will be stretched. Don't be surprised if you feel like you get stretched. Even when you think that God is with you at times, there are those moments when we become stretched, but God is our strength. In the stretch, let's lay hold of God, the strength. And I don't say that easily. There have been many a time where I've been stretched to the point of wanting to give up in leading church life over the years. But I remember that God is my strength. He is our strength. If we truly lay hold of him as our strength, then we'll come through and we will see great, amazing things. <clears throat> so, to conclude then, New Community Hub. We have talked about this We've uh, at our AFM. We've talked about it in, in various meetings. But uh, just again, in the foyer, there is in the foyer... Um, Details about the plans that we have um, as a church, so that the plans that you will see in the foyer have been passed. In the past, plans that we may have put up had never gone to a, a, um, planning or conservation and never been passed. So any giving that we've done in the past was a hope towards. The plans that you will see in the foyer have been passed by planning and conservation, which is a miracle in itself. It's been a 10-year, in, in, well, at least in my time, 10 years almost before we've actually heard. But that in itself is an utter miracle to have those plans passed. And if you, what you see in the foyer, those plans have been passed. The, the um, 3D um, pictures of what the building could look like give you a, an idea. They are, they are a rough idea of what it would be, well, how big it could be. But what you see is being agreed upon by conservation and planning. So take a look in the foyer and um, w- when you go this morning, we, we've got something that we're going to give you about building for tomorrow today. And what I re- sort of refer in the next few moments is is really in that, so I won't go into mega, mega detail. But um, so, you know, as a church, what we're looking to do... So we did it in two phases really uh, our first phase that we, we looked at over the last couple of years sort of two, 18 months two years two years ago now probably was um, a refurbishment a renovation and a major renovation and a major refurbishment of um, the rooms that have been referred to in the past as the epton rooms they're brick building with a number of rooms in we now call them the community rooms because the idea for the future was Two years ago, when we were still being told you cannot do anything else, we were hoping towards a a completely new community hub and building another building uh, as well as that. So the community rooms was a major renovation and refurb where we spent nearly £50,000 in in building building some facilities and bringing them up to scratch with some new toilets. Um, The other week, I think Helen said to me, between Powerhouse and uh, Sparklers... There was between 30 and 40 children in the new community rooms, and they're just not big enough. They weren't big enough. That was even then. And so, so as a church to function and, and spread out and grow in community, we need to add even more uh, capacity to our facilities here, which is, which is a great thing to have. And uh, so, so that was our first phase, and uh, it was great. Lots of people got involved and sort of stripped those rooms and... Then, and, and, and uh, we have what we have today with those rooms. They were never listed. That was a great thing. And so that the second part of, of the journey is what we're looking at now, which we've, been, which we've been looking at, is building and attaching a community hub to the community rooms and church. In other words, building where that tin large tin building is, which was, it was listed. It was listed. It's no longer listed, well... It was, it's no longer going to be anymore, put it that way. But it was, at the time, said to be listed. Um, and replacing it with a brand new building with a spark mezzanine floor, which will be attached to the church, they said, it, it, in itself is a miracle. This is a grade two listed building. Uh, it, you know, knocking that one down and, and, uh, and then building something in its place, attaching it to community rooms, and then attaching it to the church. Just pray that, that we, you know, there's a thing about whether it be an annex or an extension, because for VAT, that's our next big prayer thing. We, we don't want it to be that, uh, uh, you know, 20 odd percent, whatever it is, it's a lot of money. So, but um, that in itself is a, an amazing miracle. And so what our, our next phase to be now, and you'll see it in the, in the foyer and the details as we give it out to you this morning, is um, a new building that's attached to church that will will be a major entry point into the life of the church where we can have it for our functions, our tea and our coffee. Be, building a bit of a cafe area, uh, there'll be a park mezzanine floor in there that uh, we'll use it for our toddlers. Uh, we we'll use it as a function in the community. Be multiple use. It could be also be used as an overflow. You could sit at least a hundred people probably in, in in an overflow there, and uh, and landscaping the site uh, as well and bringing the whole the whole site really uh, and from King street accessibility it will revolutionize and transform the um entire derby road site really as a as a, a, a worship and community a, a, a center so i've met with a number of councillors and a councillor recently looking at, at, at gift match funding and um <clears throat> a very nice counselor said you know you, you know i could give you a thousand pounds um tomorrow which was very kind i said i need a little bit more than that actually <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't say it in a horrible way. <laughs> I said I'm looking for about a hundred thousand. What do you think? <laughs> my prayer is for. My prayer, you know, whether I get shot down in flames. My prayer is for hundred thousand pounds grant aid. That's that's you know it, you know and uh, having to negotiate all of that without going through the lottery is going to be quite a, 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 an interesting thing because the Elam churches, you know, uh, did did something where they wouldn't accept lottery lottery funding, but. Um, yeah, it's so there are people getting interested in, in what we are proposing to do. So, when you go out this morning, have a look at the plans. Please do. Um, and um, please have a look. When you talk about money, okay, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. The whole project for the this phase two uh, is in total about £450,000. Of that, we have... As Glenn has reminded me, probably a little bit more, but I rounded it down a little, 110,000. There probably is a bit more now because a little bit of money has come in. So that leaves a balance of 340,000. <clears> so we, as a church, need to find 340,000 pounds. It's a big ask. It's a big ask, isn't it? But we have a big God. That's why I've been bashing on about a big God. I'm getting my gaze upon God because it's, it is a big ask. It was a big ask, let me tell you, to see planning on conservation say that they would give us planning consent. That was a big ask. It was no, 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 but God removed some people that were standing in the way. It's amazing. Honestly, it's an amazing miracle. And I think this, it is a big ask, but God is a big God. And if he's brought us this far with a miracle of planning consent, he's not going to leave us stranded? Do you think? What do you think? If God, I put out the challenge. I don't, can't challenge God, but I ask the challenge myself. If God would bring us this far with planning and building consent, would he leave the church stranded? I don't believe so. I would say, no! My response would be chucking another starfish back there. But if we all stand together and start stuck chucking starfish back, I tell you what, God can match fund beyond our wildest imagination. Come on. He can. He really can. He really, really can. 340,000 is a big ask, but he's a big God. This is why we looked at how big is your God. This is why we've been looking at gazing on God. Please have a listen to those messages online so that we can just encourage ourselves and get our reference point in God. So some people have said, when can we actually start? Well, we have 110,000. If the project's 450,000, the Elam Pentecostal churches say, that's our denomination, that we have to have 40% up front before we can even consider starting. So 40% is 180,000 pounds. We have one hundred and ten. We have 110 before we can consider. So we can consider starting when we get 180,000 and then we have to find the the total amount. How can we, what can we do? Well, um, you know, one of the ways that we... can do is to start to pray, is really, really, really join us in prayer. Join us at Friday Fires. Join us in prayer. Really start to get involved and join us together in prayer. That's a great thing. If you could do that, that would be so great. Because we're getting our gaze on God. Why? Not just pleading with God, we're going to gaze on God. We're going to see how big our God is. He's a great God. And uh, that's a great thing that you could do. Um, You'll see in the information, when you go this morning, we're going to be giving out the information about what's going on and how we're going to do this uh, with giving envelopes. And so we're starting our giving uh, officially now, and uh, one of the ways with one-off donations, we'd you know we love if, if people felt in God that we don't want to give a gift towards this, then you can give a one-off donation. Um, you may feel another way would be in regular monthly giving. No matter what you feel, just before God, it's up to you and God. Could there be a way over and above what we're already doing is further regular monthly giving? Because it may be that in the future, uh, when we raise a certain amount up front, we need to borrow a little bit we need to borrow a little bit, and we would need re- we need to be able to show that we could do that with regular monthly giving. Second thing, third thing, it might be a, a legacy. Think about a legacy. Not you know, there there are things that we don't talk about very much because, uh, but but you know, in our will and testament, leaving a legacy. You know, church a lot of churches benefit and charities benefit. I, I tell you what, um, RSPCA have millions in legacies. People leaving behind when they leave this earth a a, a lump sum to um, their, their designated charity. You can do that within the Elam churches as well. Uh, not that not, I'm not wishing anyone to, to move to that point of where we need to access your legacy. I'm not, not wishing that on anyone. But you, you may have never thought of that, of leaving for the future. Because what it does, it, it does something amazing to future the, the, the future of an organisation. And, and as I said, the RSPCA have millions, <coughs> literally, and, you know, literally PDSA, millions in legacies which, which help their organisation. And so it can do for the church as well. Um, gift aid is another amazing thing whereby um, if you pay tax, um, if, you know, if you sign up, for, uh, already involved in our gift aid or would like to sign up for gift aid, it's where the government will actually um, give the tax back on your giving. It doesn't cost anything to yourself or myself, but um, you know, we can get the 25% tax comes back and uh, that boosts. Let me tell you, gift aid for charities is amazing. Gift aid for our church is absolutely phenomenal as it comes back into the life of the church. And, you know, this site is a bit like the fourth road bridge. There's always something that needs doing on, on, with the facilities and, and the buildings on this site. Uh, and, uh, and so gift aid could transform. And it may be something that you would like to think about. So, it, it, you know, with those things and prayerfully seeing what God says to you um, and, and using the giving envelopes that are, that are in the foyer, um, you know, we would love you to consider and um, being involved. You know, there'll be other ways and creative ways of, 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 of looking at funding in the future. I'm not going to say everything today, but, but just we launch out into the deep, as it were, today. You know, Paul says, um, uh, with this I want to close. In Philippians 4:19, Paul says to uh, the Philippian believers, bearing in mind, remember, He's captured, he's held captive, he's being held back, held in. He says this, I'm convinced my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We look to God, we place our hands in his hands, that's when the miracle happens. So let's think of that. But also remember that God is a great God who meets all of our needs according to his riches. God is a God of riches, the rich giver of love, of mercy, of kindness, as we've been reminded this morning of grace, the miracle-working, wonder-working God, and it's to him that we look. Let's pray. So we're going to sing together in a a moment or two as the the worship team come back, but let's just pray together just for a moment. You know, maybe your mind is swimming. Some of us have had a long time to think and pray about these things. Maybe hearing these things, you've heard it all before. You might be thinking, I've heard it all before. I've seen plans go up in the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's okay to think that. And maybe you have seen it. If you've been around a while, you've seen a lot and heard a lot. But but you know, God is good. God is great. And uh, as we, I believe that he wouldn't bring us this far just to leave us and say... There, 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 there There you go. What are you going to do about that? I believe he's a good God, a great father. And now this is the next phase. Uh, But Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We know that you, you know, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You own all things. And uh, we just pray this morning that there will be a tremendous sense of release of faith and hope and possibilities. Thank you that in your um, vision, uh, you don't use programs, it's people. And so this morning, here are my hands, here's my life. Father God, I give you my hands and my life. Whatever that means, like the little boy with the starfish. One, another, then another, then another, then another. As we come together, I pray that many starfish will be released back into the river. Holy Spirit, would you just now release something in our hearts and minds this morning so that you might gather us towards your vision, Father God. Just show us the possibilities. May your divine favour to seek first his kingdom, then everything else that you need will be given you. So Lord, we seek you, not a building project. Of course we need you for the building project, but we seek you first. Whatever happens, we'll worship you. We'll adore you and love you and lift up your name. I do that whatever happens, Father God. It's not because of, it's in spite of. Whatever I see that goes my way or doesn't go my way, I will lift you up. I will call upon your name. I will rejoice in you and I will worship you. And if I'm stretched, things don't go my way, help me, Lord, as I seek to rejoice in you and worship in you against the odds against the rubber play I will rejoice in you and worship in you because you are God you are good you are father you are the God of grace and so we pray that your sufficiency all sufficiency all sufficient one would you pour out upon us right now and see our hearts and our hands and see our lives father God as we just give ourselves to you for this good work this good and great work It's a big ask but you're a big God It's a great work and you're a great God. So I pray, Father God, that you will pour out from heaven all that you have for us right here, right now with hope and vision and life and ability and grace we ask as we give ourselves to you. In your name we pray so that people will see what a great God, who a great God we serve. We pray that people will see a great God that we serve. Not a great building but we rejoice in a great God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? You know, as you go this morning, don't, you know, take some moments, have a look at the plans, refresh yourself, tell yourself, these plans are past. These plans have passed. Tell yourself that. I tell myself that as I look at the plans. Like they're past. And then when I see the big figure that we need, I think, these plans are past. God is good. Have a look at the plans when you go, but don't rush away. We want you to take away. I mean, Andy Day, is, is his great skill, has produced amazing uh, giving sort of leaflet and vision leaflet. And as we bring our tithes and offerings this morning, let's give to him for the work of God. And make sure you take a leaflet as you go. We're going to hand those out, and also the giving envelopes, and have a look at um, the plans as well. Let's worship him. Let's call upon him, the God of miracles, the God of wonder. And give our lives to Him afresh.